0: All right, welcome to a special episode this week. We asked you guys in the Telegram group. We're gonna do an AMA. People have been asking for this style of episode, so let us know what you think of this. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe to the video on YouTube and comment below to let us know what you think of this. Um, and we we'll, we'll like to do more of these. Boy, should we just get straight into it? There were some incredible questions in here, also hilarious jokes. So we're gonna we're gonna just share as many of them as we can. Um, I'll just get started the first question is about losses obviously all of us have been in the shit the last few months <laughs> as many of us have I'm sure people listen to this as well um, Sergey said how to dollar cost average with no dollars which was which was semi question slash joke um, another person Toon, asked why didn't we sell when Chamath told us to which I agree uh, I definitely felt that at the time but the serious question was Igor he said how do you overcome huge losses financial losses bad decisions etc who wants to take that one I'll take it and yeah. I, like
1: the first um, the first question as well how do you dollar cost average with no dollars we're going to roll that one in as well yeah, but, yeah. Uh, we actually did a podcast Two years ago, two and a half years ago, I can't even remember when it yeah. was at this point. Where we talked about like the the focus should be on like generating upside and the secondary focus should be on where you store that upside. And I think the last year yeah. we've gone into this with like everybody got a little bit distracted by the fact that people not like the effort to upside ratio got very, very skewed for a minute there. And like the, this time it's different narrative takes over, et cetera, et cetera. And I think as much as we talk about all of these, all of these like nascent technologies on this podcast, the idea that like, the idea that like your investment strategy in the in real time is your income generating activity that you depend upon is just like you're, you're literally playing, um, like you're playing against like professional traders, right? Like if you're, if you're not just depositing money that you have no use for or not, you have no use for, you've built the discipline to carve off and invest for long-term Versus like getting pulled into this behavior where like you're trying to actually generate an income from playing markets, which is so so difficult as we know, and as history proves to be true, and our friend Nick Majuli uh, was on talking about just keep buying a a few episodes ago, so I think like as difficult as it is to hear it's like if you don't have Like if you can't identify a legitimate advantage you have, whether that's like, you know, without, um, you know, breaking any laws, like what is your advantage in this market, right? Where are you in the information hierarchy when even in public, in a public sense, or like how much due diligence have you done? How many times you've been right on X, Y, and Z before? Like that to me is like knowing yourself is the like is the ultimate unlock in that scenario like let's use trung as an example like what trung does naturally or the skill set that he's built over time is a much 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 higher leverage use of his time and staring at charts and speculating on markets right i think you would be the first to admit that and that was not something that and every minute you're spending looking at a chart you're getting shitter at the thing that makes you money to actually invest with right yeah. and that narrative is just in the in the heat of the moment where like everyone around you or especially in the internet era when it feels like everyone around you is getting it right like it takes every ounce of resistance you have to just like log back in to your google docs and write another story, right? Or to, you know, to break down another X, whatever it is you do for a living or to like sit down and learn, take a tutorial, go show up and, or read a book or whatever it is. But over, like, that's the thing that's actually compounding. And then when nature corrects itself, as it always does, you're sitting there with an advantage versus like, there's no, there's no, like, there's no free lunch, even if you make money in that period of time, unless you're going to transition to like trading full time, which yeah. is not a recommended career for most people, then you've lost time in that instance too. So I think it's like a, I don't know, it's a bug that I think that took hold of us during the COVID era. Like the world just went a little nuts for a couple of years. And now we're like coming down off the off the high it's a thing that oh, we've actually man, talked honest.
2: about it's a theme we've talked about last couple weeks and jack was the one that really brought it up uh at the beginning of this year the joke was jack's like so our jack was like uh i've had to turn up the heat on visual- visualize value a bit <laughs> like celia's been asking about the, the shopify checkout pages right so uh, you mentioned that at the beginning of the year and uh, let me address the question directly like, how do you recover from big Financial losses and things of that nature.
1: Yeah, sorry, I didn't answer the question. Yeah, yeah. So no, I think well, no, I think that was still good. No, you good. did. It was a good because
2: answer, but, I'll, I'll yeah. tell you why you did answer the question, Jack. And I just want to uh, hop on your answer. This is how you recover: build that pointy skill, make yourself recession-proof, make yourself personally uh, uh, buffered against these negative turnouts. Listen, uh, in a in a recession, you might make less money you would, obviously, in in bull banging times. Uh, but if your skill set is what it is, to Jack's point, there's a world, it's not even a world. I can tell you right now, I will be making more money from my quote unquote skill set in six months from now or a year from now than I was last year, completely separate from what's happening in public markets. It's just because every single day, my audience is getting bigger. Every single day, I'm getting better at my job. I'm getting better at going viral. I'm getting better at getting people's attention, right? Like that is completely separate from the markets and a year from now, let's say market's dropping at 10, 20% on top of the massive drawdown we've had. If I'm personally not making more money than I am today, then I'm a failure. So like, I think Jack's point is a hundred percent correct though, is you, you, you have to start removing yourself from this casino. We've kind of been living in and really do focus to what you can control. And uh, yeah, I think that's a really good answer. Though, is like, if you take a big L, Financially, what can you control? Right, it's your own skill set, your own ability to sell, your own ability to market your services to the world. Um,
0: yeah, I think that's a great answer. We've got gone drunk, but I didn't. No, want. To you the, only I wanted, the only
2: thing I want the only thing I add after that is that life. I, I think there's a part of this where the question also said, you know, a big life letdown. So I've had more life letdowns than I've had financial letdowns.
0: Hmm. Uh,
2: mostly because I haven't had money, like a, a lot of money for most of my life, because I dicked around for my twenties, right? But uh, yeah, the, the only thing i say on the life thing I think it's applicable to, to the, the financial stuff is uh, it, it's just never as bad as it, like you have to get out of that moment, right? Because when you look back, like I look at back, some of the, I'll, give, I'll give one example. This is not even, this is not the worst one. And I haven't had nearly as bad as a lot of people, but like when I was living in the States uh, with my wife and we we're dealing with immigration stuff and XYZ, not even as bad as a lot of people do with immigration stuff. But like, uh, I mean, Bilal's, had the same while working at Google. It was like, this is just a pain, right? This is not nearly the worst pain I've had, but it's a, the a pain that I'm willing to talk about. And it's a, it was just literally the pain of not knowing if you went wake up literally one morning and be asked to leave the country, right? Because that's effectively what happened at one point. We were at the airport and we had one border. Oh, border damn. Right? Yeah, basically decide that the our visa wasn't the correct visa or this was, it should have been switched to XYZ date.
0: Man, that's the but, worst.
2: Yeah, but the only reason I bring that up is like, it's a tangible example of something that was objectively like a shitty situation. But like, I never think about it anymore. Is that I literally never think about it. It's in the moment. It's terrible. It's the and, worst thing in
0: the world at yeah, that particular and moment. And it's materially
2: but... affecting your life, right? Like I had a six-month-old toddler and it's really difficult to manage like I mean, literally being home, like without a, a place to be or like uh, the uncertainty is really, uh, uh, it's not great, but felt really bad, like you said blah, blah, at the moment. But I literally never think about it.
1: Yeah, You know, um, there's a great professor Galloway quote, boys, <laughs> nothing <laughs> is ever as good always. or as bad as it seems. That's yeah. true. That's right. Which true. is a great, great model for looking at the world. And there's another, uh, I forget where, where I saw it's a YouTube clip, but it's like Tom Hanks. It's like Tom Hanks, I think in a couple of athletes, other actors, like objectively, incredibly successful people sitting around a table and they're like, what's one piece of advice or one like thing that you keep with you all the time. And they say this too shall pass. And that's applicable in good and bad situations. Like you're riding high or at the top of your career. Like the world is going nuts for whatever it is you're producing. This too shall pass. You're at the depth of your, like you're in despair. Something terrible happens to you. This too shall pass. It's like, uh, just cultivating, um, the ability to step back from it and like observe it as from as far away as you, as you possibly can. And also every time you experience something devastating, if you can trace that back to like a bit of irresponsibility on your part in some way, or something that, you know, in hindsight, you could have done a little differently to avoid the consequences being so severe. That's definitely more of a, more on the financial side than things that can happen in your life, obviously. But, um, each and every time, hopefully, the um, you know that's what experience is—is is like getting a little bit more, um, getting a little bit more familiar with the laws of the universe and uh, yeah. <laughs> acting accordingly next time. Yeah, well, there's a,
2: something uh, so Bilal, before I want you to no, answer no, this on. question, but uh, Jack mentioned this uh, last episode when we were talking about uh, we had asked him what are your thoughts about ETH, BTC long term, and then you had mentioned something along the lines of you know, you, you're, you're ment- your mental model of it was you're, you're more likely to stick around and, and build in it, right? And uh, I think a big point of that that you kind of made was the also bet you made in that segment financially wasn't enough to like materially Im- like, change your life. Like you could be quote unquote wealthier. Like I think everybody listening to this would be like six months ago, but like there's very few things that would actually materially change my daily life today. If you gave me $50 million tomorrow, I'd probably be doing 90% of the same stuff I do. The other 10% might be a little bit more degen, mm, but like, yeah. I want to be on Twitter for two hours. Uh, I'm going to have to play with my kid. I'm going to probably do something to annoy my wife, but then uh, make up for it later in, in some capacity. <laughs> now, with more money to do that. But uh, yeah, like my day to day, Jack, you said it yourself, it like your day to day probably wouldn't change like the. Uh, uh, speaking specifically to like your crypto investments but like even if there's a massive bag of money dropped in my lap tomorrow i've gotten my life to a point where like i know what my day looks like and i like that that's
0: amazing well that's that's a great like little uh thought exercise to to think through for a lot of people because the way you just described it there is like if you just drop a bunch of money in your bank account what would you be doing differently And if you can, obviously for most people, you're not getting to that stage tomorrow, right? Like it's, you you have a job, you have whatever that you can't just leave. But I think that's quite a nice, like frame of reference to think through. Like even one of the questions we've got coming up is about where we live. And, uh, And like, as you guys know, in the last three, four years, even before the pandemic, I was spending a lot of time abroad and we were traveling. And while I don't have kids, I'm trying to make the most of that because I know it's much harder in the future. And during that very flexible time, I wasn't maximizing income, uh, but I but I kind of had to balance out like like you just said, what are the things I want to do? What are the things I want to spend my time doing? Um, and like you know stuff that gives me energy essentially, and that was the basis of now what I've been doing since then. Um, obviously, there's always things you don't want to do, uh, right? But like there's if you can minimize that. That is kind of to me, that's more, that's worth more than money, right? Like a lot of people yeah. who have $50 million don't even have that. Like, in fact, I'd say a majority of them don't because they don't get to do the things that they want to do a lot of the time because they have obligations with their company or whatever. Um, so that's a good frame of reference. Uh, to answer the question specifically as well, um, how do you over- overcome huge losses, financial losses, bad life decisions? Um, Jack, what you said there, the Professor Galloway quote, or whoever's come up with that in the past, you can apply that to. Yourself as well, Uh, um, not just um, situations, but like yourself when you're normally not as good as what people think you are, and normally not as bad as people think you are. Like, that's a similar thing, but a slightly different frame, which is everyone's like, oh, man, Jack, you're absolutely killing it. Like, when I first met Jack, I was like, oh, you're killing it. When I spoke to Trunk, I'm like, man, you're just smashing it. But I don't know all the things going on in your life that I don't get to see, right? And in your head, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just still trying to establish myself and and, uh, whatever. And on the flip side, when you do something bad or something messes up, you lose your job, let's say. That is another one where, like, you might not have lost your job because you uh, did a terrible thing. It just might not be the right fit or you're going to move on to something else. And so I think those are the sort of things where when I've had those like ups and downs as well, you have to kind of zoom out and say like, all right, I'm in my head. I'm overthinking this. I'm emotional right now. I'm overthinking it. And that is the best thing. Like, it's kind of cliche, but time really does heal a lot of the the bad things that have happened. Um, but honestly, the other part, I will be honest about is sometimes it doesn't, just time isn't enough. So those are the things where, like, really reflecting... You know, whether that's working with someone, if it's a real serious thing, you need to talk to a therapist or, you know, a friend or whatever. But even just like creating space for yourself is something I've done a lot more of since I've been self-employed because I value It's literally every morning I pretty much go for an hour, like 30 to 60 minute walk. And um, I do listen to stuff sometimes. I'm listening to podcasts and music. But like nowadays I'm trying to do that less as well because it's the only time I'm not taking stuff in. And those times or not recently I've been going to the sauna again. It's the first time since COVID. And in the sauna I'm like, okay, I'm like I'm tempted to bring an AirPod in because I'm like addicted to listening to stuff. But I was like, all right, it's 20, 30 minutes, let me just chill. And it's the only time you're really like just reflecting on what's going on. And through that that process that helps. The other thing I'll say as and I'm sure you guys agree with this, is writing it out. Like that that's something that's helped me a lot is like, even just personally, it doesn't have to be sharing it publicly, is writing out like things that have happened, whether that is good or bad. Like you go on a trip, even keeping a note of, oh, this was a fun day. Me and my girlfriend did this, we went to this thing. You go back and you read that three years later, it's so amazing. You like literally go back to that moment. And on the flip side, when bad stuff's happened, like I've done this for myself, uh, in fact, there's a pro I forgot what it's called, it's like Jordan Peterson has this, uh, like, self-offering thing, and it's basically, you don't need to buy his thing, it's basically just writing out chapters of your life in a book, basically, and, like, writing that out, like, honestly, I dealt with some stuff from my childhood, which was, like, quite intense, of, like, stuff at school, and bullying, and, like, bad bad stuff that happened, racism, and I had all these like ideas and stories in my head, but until you write on paper and you basically organize it, you it puts it in an actual place. You basically think through writing. And so I think that was something that has also helped me get more space from it and then actually deal with it and say, oh, well, you know, bad stuff has happened to every single person Listen to this, right? So being able to like put it out there, structure it and then take space from it, it kind of gives a bit of closure in a way as well but yeah i'm sure there's people listening to who have been through way worse things that that might not help but maybe it might help someone so yeah i would i would um take some space from it all right should we move on to the next question boys anything else before we move on from that really good question though yeah um triple threat there so uh, we got uh we kind of talked a little bit about this last week so let me just see if there's uh, yeah, you, you Pung asked, are you guys still hodling? We answered that last week. Yeah, nice. uh, Virad Shah says, what are you invested in currently? It's a kind of similar thing. I, I mean, I, I'm happy to share if you want, but it's nothing that exciting. It's a split between you know, crypto stocks mainly, real estate. Um, and so that's pretty much the general s- split like most people have if you have any sort of investments um anything else there you guys want to share or is that is that not I'm really similar
2: i'm a lot of uh, uh probably uh, some split between crypto and high-tech growth stocks which is not great yeah uh, but uh, again i'll add to the original point here is uh, i've begun thinking a lot more of my ability to earn income
0: that as, that's the great the point
2: pie, right uh that is uh i mean i thought about it over the year because listen in the cfa that's literally like lesson number one is like when you're making a financial plan for somebody. Like uh, the, the rule of thumb is always uh, you, this is like the old traditional uh, financial advisor rule of thumb. The way that you're supposed to invest as an individual was you would split up uh, your stock to a bond a portfolio. So this is like before crypto. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, like, it's basically like when you're younger, you take more risks, right? So
0: 60-40, um, you mean? Or? Exact. It's a 60-40, yeah.
2: but even like 70-30. It's like whatever age you are. So as
0: you're older, the yeah, bonds go up, stock the goes The bonds down. go up,
2: stock goes down. But I mean, that's 101, right? That's literally financial advising, CFA 101. That's actually how my mental model for investing has been for a long time. Like, like I kind of wish I didn't take the CFA because of that. But uh, what it is now is like, and the but the biggest thing, which is always, and most people will know this, the number one source, and Jack talked about it, is now, last week, was like, if, or just early this episode, if you're trying to make income from day trading, that is no bueno. But like, you really have to think about your personal capital, right? As the biggest chunk. Yeah,
0: of that's capital. a great answer. So, so like, to answer that, what are you invested in currently? If you were thinking you of myself. focus, you it's you yourself. yourself. Trunk, yeah, exactly. T trunk T fan. Trunk fan.
2: There it is. Respect, trunk fan. I agree. I
0: would double that. And say Leveraged same. up.
2: Yeah. That's well, true. Jack, well, here it is. Jack, let's uh, throw it to you because you are... I mean, you made a massive dent in the internet becoming kind of one of the poster people of taking charge of their own life, right? And really, uh, maybe not the poster child, but you know what I mean. It's like, you clearly came up
0: quick. Yeah, good example either way. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you like
1: the idea of, I've talked more specifically about this in loads of different places, but the idea of like an asset in a non-traditional sense, you know, an asset that you control, an asset that could be as intangible as like what people like Trung is funny. That's an asset that is like decentralized across 440,000 people's minds. Right. Funny business news. Um, that That is like a new model for people, especially like internet native economies where um, you can wake up every day and make something that is like, accretive in a compounding sense you know it's a very different model than going to like going to work clocking in eight hours or 10 hours which you're you know there's obviously a value exchange happening there but you're building an asset that you in many cases don't have equity stake in or upside in and this is not a one versus the other situation either we've talked about this i think before where um you know, building, like spending the time outside of other engagements to even um, begin to pursue your curiosity and turn that into something that like allows you to connect with people is like the starting point for creating something entirely new. Um, Yeah, there's, there's, I think we could probably get to a point where we put together some good resources on this stuff. I like talking about this stuff a lot. I think we have like a good, uh, and we always bring up a different point every time we talk about it. But for most people, like this feels like a really interesting point in time where COVID, work from home, remote, great resignation, crypto, like everybody's a, a media company, all of these different converging trends and ideas are, I think, going to drastically change. You now, I don't imagine like a 401k is the like, is as common as a vehicle for like financial independence as it is today. In 10, 20, 30 years, like the world is just getting more and more logarithmic, as we have discussed.
2: Yeah. I, I hate this. Let, let, let's pivot this. Actually, this conversation. So, Jack, would you actually want to break down your portfolio before I kind
1: of view this? Uh, yeah. Um, not investment could, advice, but no, no, no. Definitely yeah. not investment advice. <laughs> Good amount of crypto, uh, yeah, equities. Like we try and we work with a great uh, tax planner, so we try and do all of the like maximum contributions on Roth and all that kind of stuff. Who knows whether that'll turn out to be a good idea or not? And then uh, a few angel investments, which actually seem to be holding up all right. Uh, I made them over the last couple of years, mostly in like circles where my competence was pretty education. dialed yeah education and some yeah internet businesses that felt to me like they had um you know had a good shot based on what I'd learned in my like experience growing a similar business which I think is a solid place to evaluate something from versus you know being outside of an, like investing in, you know, it's a mongerism, right? Like where you have a core competence and you can evaluate something with a bit of an edge remains to be seen how the edge will play out. But, um, definitely a, f- a few hopeful for, yeah, they're like lottery payouts, those guys, right? It's like, it's either zero or it's a thousand X. That's yes. really your, your outcome. Yeah.
2: I'm, uh, well, here the other thing I'll add to this is, uh, I think we're we're definitely all young enough to still be taking these shots, right? Like that's the thing. Is uh, the the one thing I would say to answer that question more broadly is, man, if you're young, this is my lesson. I don't have any regrets. I did stuff that maybe I shouldn't have done, but I don't have yeah. regrets. <laughs> if you're a youngin, get at it. Like
0: yeah,
2: you know, like don't wait till thirty five to start your Twitter and shit posting. Start that now.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: <laughs> listen, I, I sped run the audience building, but it would be stupid right now because I did clearly have a temperament for it if I just started a decade ago. Um, so if you're young, you don't have a ton of responsibilities, you start taking shots. like it's just, And, and start doing stuff that will compound. Um,
1: yeah, I think but, another frame on it is like, for you, Trong, is like, as long like, I think people tend to think about this as like I want to leverage this into like a product style business or like really separate my time and income, which is one way to do it. But it's also like there are probably fifty publications in the world that would hire you without even talking to you right now. You know, like it creates optionality in a lot of different yeah. ways. I don't think like you know you don't necessarily go and have to try and start the next Facebook, which I've been talking about for years and years is like, you know, people think that to create like an internet business is to like have to create this monolithic monopoly tech platform. It's like you're going to lose like 999 times out of a thousand versus like Just increasing the surface area of people that see what you, how you think, what like the type of work you can produce, that can lead to all sorts of like interesting, different uh, outcomes. And I think being, being close to it and seeing people like you know the trungs of the world might you might feel like I'm way I'm so far behind that I shouldn't even get started. But the reality is like if you can meet half a dozen people that like that can drastically change the trajectory of your life. Like ridiculously. So, uh, yeah. all of the like real, like all of the real incredible connections that I've made, are uh, happened way, way earlier in my journey and, um, still true now. Like, and I don't know what I would attribute that to, but I'm just saying like putting yourself out there initially and like, Just having the enthusiasm to show up every day, like the people who are starting out around the same time, or the people that see you doing it when, like, you're providing something that they needed or they're interested in, just the the, like the butterfly effects of doing that are are really profound. So yeah, Trung, just echoing Trung's advice, like, get at it,
0: get at it. Uh, I'm just gonna answer with to build on what you said and answer the next question, which was related to this anyway. Matt O'Brien asked, "What actions you take to insulate yourself from the impending from the impending recession?" Yeah, that's dark, similar.
2: Matt. That's dark, Matt.
0: <laughs> Matt, Matt, legend as well. Um, yeah, so he. Yeah, basically what you guys are talking about is answering that already and I'll just add my experience from doing that in a different way to you guys because as you guys know I'm not as like public with like I have yeah. used to tweet a little while ago and I've stopped for last year basically because uh, I should be uh, I should dedicate time to doing that but you know what I'm like when I do it I'm like I'm all in and for the last year I've focused on this I've focused on, on my other business and stuff like that so it's just a matter of like Picking your lane and knowing why you're picking that lane and sticking to it. What I'll say is the way I've done it in a, in a different way is how I think about an a recession like this is I have been thinking about it for some time. I've been trying to build up stuff that gives me income um, without me having to turn up every day. And a lot of it, like most people don't even know about because it's kind of like stuff, direct deals I've done with people that pays me out over time so I'll give an example Um, when I first uh, left my last job which was three four years ago I didn't have any income for a few months and I looked at my skills and it kind of goes to what you said earlier which is you know you'd still need to build a skill set in the first place right and I had a few different skills like on the business development side partnerships marketing whatever but the one that was just very easily monetizable was this digital marketing stuff that I'd done for a long time so I said okay I don't necessarily want to do this straight off you know forever but let me find a way I can use that in the short run to figure out some income. And now there's literally things that hit, is it 15 today, something that's gonna to hit tomorrow. Um, when this comes out, actually is funnily enough, which I, I pitched this maybe two years ago to people and and I basically went and created relationships with companies that didn't have marketing teams. And I said to them, hey, I saw you've got this product, uh, do you need help with marketing? And these, this is my background. They're like, hey, you no, know, we're like engineers. We don't really care about that or we don't really have the time and energy for it. So then I, the second pitch was, cool, well, what if I did it for you? And um, like, even if you don't want to pay me for that, I can just do a revenue share. So it's essentially affiliates, right? But like, they didn't have an affiliate program. So what I did with a few of them, uh, mostly like SaaS companies, like small little tools, I created... An agreement with them and they found a way to track this all and i spent my own money to drive traffic to them Amazing. and over over, them like just to put it you know to give an actual example it's not like it's made me multimillionaire, but it pays for my rent pretty much right so that is something that took me not too much time but a little bit of creative thinking this other stuff is on a on an even larger scale um but again it won't last forever but it's something that i pitched a long time ago and now I can still focus my efforts on all the things I'm doing and on the side some of those things will pay dividends essentially and it's just a completely random thing I didn't even have a big plan to do it, it just in the moment I thought well why they've got a problem I can help them with uh, how do I find a way that everyone agrees on the value exchange so anyway that's just one other example is thinking a little bit more outside the box of first of all developing the skill and then two, how you can bring it to more people um, so that's kind of how, how I've been thinking about it all right, should we yeah, go I next that's pl- great. Yeah.
1: I was just great. gonna say one thing, Bilal. Like the the there's so much unsexy opportunity out there. Like I think the contrary to this is like holding two ideas in your head at the same time, like building the front end, having this like media entity that represents how you think and all this stuff is a great arbitrage opportunity. But there's also like millions of things that no one can be asked to do yeah. or no one's good yeah. at or no yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's where the real like and to be honest like the older i get the more interest that i am in like having the unsexiest business in the world that is just ticking away and because nobody wants to work on that stuff and everybody's competing for views on a you know a platform with a half-life of six hours you know like here's a tweet that did amazingly well Guess what? Tomorrow you got to come up with another one. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, there are opportunities that exist on the internet where the opposite is true, right? You build something and just over time, it just grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. And, um, you know, that's a whole nother episode to get into what those things are, but, um, it is, that's a great point. Yeah. there's great. There's great like upside in just, Digging through the stuff that is so like unsexy because yeah. you just know nobody's doing it because it's just that's it's not that's, cool. That, to that me, actually so, sounds like yeah. an
2: episode you guys should do or we should do in July. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. We should Get the
2: 10, like, and get maybe we'll hit up, I know we, I know you specifically, Jack, I have a lot of friends in that space. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah
1: we could do some. Like, I know people that like have. The most ridiculous businesses that you just, and they,
0: oh, we need to do this. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just, just like kicking off obscene amounts of money and you wouldn't have any idea. Uh, that's the that best. They're, doing it.
0: they're the best types of business man. Like, I mean, obviously you like, if you create something great, that's much bigger world changing. Great. Good for you as well. But sometimes, like, most people are really just trying to create a better life for themselves and their family. That's the first step. And being able to divorce yourself from having to go to a job every day is another, another step for that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we should definitely feature some of those. Um, they the probably wouldn't be very happy, mate, because they'll have competitors now. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's take um, a quick right, question, up. Matt. Well, actually, great let me question. answer Matt's question. Uh, I'm actually not. Uh, t- see Bilal have been mentally preparing for stuff like this for a couple of years now. And uh, a big thing actually is um, having been able to do what I've done in the past 18 years, I mean 18 months, is uh, building a bigger audience. that gives just, has insulated me in a way. I didn't even More think optionality I mean, for you that. too, right? It's just, just more yeah. optionality. And like, yeah. uh, and the, but the, the larger, the larger point I'll make is this is uh, I don't think about the impending recession, uh, what I do think about is, and it's, it's not even cliche, it's like, I, I just know what my day is going to look like. That, 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 that's the honest truth. Bull market, recession, I know what every day I want to be doing. And uh, if you can get yourself to that point, it's a very, if you, well, the, the first question is, can you find something where that is actually possible, where you actually enjoy that, right? Because once you get to that point, it's just like, my, it's same as a $50 million drop in my lap. If we're going into back-to-back quarters of negative GDP growth, it's just not going to affect my life in the sense of, like, I know what my day-to-day is going to look like,
0: right? Yeah, completely. Um, all right, boys. Good good chat on that one. Uh, next question was from Ray. Ray. Essentially, about where we want to live uh oh, sorry there's a couple of people asked this but Ray specifically said was back in London he said he would explain it a few episodes back someone else was asking where you want to live the only reason I brought that one up is to clarify I'm not living in London I'm still in New York I just spend time there seeing my family and LA for the Mrs family and for a little bit for work so um but yeah this is I think actually quite an interesting question so maybe I'd po- send it over to you guys where do you want to live
2: well, Jack. Why don't we ask the guy that just bought a house? Uh, talk us through your decision-making matrix.
1: Well, some of it was reactionary. Like we were found out we we're gonna have a baby. We we're living in 450 square feet in New York in the middle of COVID. <laughs> Man, I was that like, is crazy. nah, this doesn't sound very good. So we went to L.A. for a month looking for places. We looked at probably 45 houses in L.A. Goodbye. And- to rent, to rent okay. at that time where I was like, um, I'd, I'd been like getting worn out of New York for a while, like been there 11 years or something. And like the business was taken off at that point. So I was just not taking advantage of being in New York the same way I was like previously, you know, as a... Uh, young buck. Young, yeah, young young lad and... Young
2: um gunslinger.
1: Yeah, and then just... Got to a point where like, oh, I want to have a car and a driveway and a different like lifestyle. Go to big, Costco.
0: That's exactly, a big upgrade. Yeah.
1: Big car guy. So LA was the first, uh, like I visited LA probably two dozen times working over the course of those 10 years and on holidays and stuff out there. And uh, we got out there and it was just carnage. Like the housing market was complete carnage. Like people had the exact same idea as us. They were way better capitalized than we were. And uh, like to get, that like the criteria that we had, like that we wanted to live in a house just made it like completely infeasible. And then like, weirdly enough, it was kind of a snap decision to do the Nashville thing. Like we got some friends here, but we were driving back across. So we, we drove from LA to New York, which is a lot of time in the car, a lot of uh, existential conversations about what you want to do <laughs> with life. And, uh, We're like, oh, why don't we just try somewhere else for a year? Like it looks like we're in the middle of this situation for the foreseeable future. This is like the first four months after COVID. This is like July twenty twenty. So it's just like no one's ever going outside again. You're never gonna see anybody again. Like that was the like that was the there was no even talk of coming out of it. So Like, oh, we'll just go and rent a house somewhere where we're going to have a bit more space and, you know, we can get out and walk and and stuff like that. Because New York was like you wearing a gas mask to go outside and walk the dog. <laughs> it was just nuts, man. It was just crazy. But, like this is where I, think I was you were
0: where, doing that, mate. I saw the picture. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> well,
1: I was in. Uh, well, I had the zero hedge feed on COVID, so yeah, like yeah. pre uh, pre mainstream. You I was on, like, the
0: biology, I on the was biology? biology tip
1: too. Yeah,
2: Although yeah, I yeah. guess that zero hedge feed is looking pretty similar right, yeah, right now. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I try and stay off it now. Um, oh, anyway. So, J- how do you feel now? You've been there in Nashville for a little while now. So, how do you feel with the decision so far? It's great. I mean, we came, we left for a little
1: while, and then like the contrast of leaving made us want to come back, and that's why we bought. Where, when so you were rent- in Atlanta,
2: when you were in Atlanta?
1: Yeah, yeah. We rented for a year. We had to like evacuate because the house was had toxic yeah, mold in it. Yes, yeah, so we're in Atlanta for six months, and one day we just look at each other. It's like Nashville is actually why a great
2: Nashville? place to live. Why Nashville?
1: We already had twelve months of experience living there. No, why
2: there in the first place? Why that first? Oh,
1: just, before? just uh, like we had some friends there, been there before. Okay. No, um, state income tax—that was another factor. Okay. So, which like this was when like the great you know, people were talking about Miami and Nevada and stuff. Like, I don't want to live in Miami, man. It's a good place to go for a weekend, but it sounds like a grim place to live, to be honest. Yeah. Fair. No offense to anybody that lives there, but my relationship with miami is not of a you know not that kind of relationship
0: yeah yeah uh, so <laughs> Can you imagine 26 year old jack and Liv, or yeah, whatever it's called uh yeah mate doing some bar, bar you don't things. have to imagine it mate it's happened many times but got, it's not
2: he's got the magnum a goose you know this yeah. one <laughs>
1: I got a picture you know those- of it somewhere, yeah.
0: Bro, no, bro I went out to- the other day in Soho. My friend, who I don't do any of this, my very Euro friend invited me to his birthday, in sec- the biggest bottle of rose I've uh, ever seen. Wait, bro, <laughs> you <know laughs> talking about,
2: right? It the, was so big. No, the funniest is, man, I love the uh, When the Mavericks won, uh, beat the Miami Heat in the 2011 finals, he had Dirk Nowitzki pulling out the Magnum of Goose. I'm like, oh, that's ace. Um, I get, get hop. I can on, hop in, yeah. In, hop
0: yeah. In, well, on. about you, you've been because you've moved around. You lived in Asia for a while. You've been in Boston. Yeah,
2: I moved around back to Vancouver. Um, the uh, well, to answer the question, as with everything, it's contextual, right? If you're young, uh, I can never live in Asia now, it's too hectic. Like, uh, the super mega cities, like 10, 15 million people. So, I lived in Saigon, and the only other places I'd even consider living in Asia or that we've like my wife and I have even jokingly talked about, is like Singapore, Hong Kong, Manila, where her family's from, or Ho Chi Minh City. And like, these are all super cities, right? 10, 15 million people. It's hot AF. Um, Varying degrees of cleanliness. Uh, Singapore is super, super clean. Uh, Hong Kong's got a good griminess to it, but obviously with the whole China situation, that's its own world. So I'd probably be down to like Ho Chi Minh City and uh, Manila. I I couldn't do it. I, I want to raise. I want and you're far away
0: from your family by that point, right? Your exactly. family in, in Canada.
2: Yeah, they're all. Everybody's in Vancouver uh, uh, on my side, but my, my my wife's side is in Manila.
0: But even then, we're they're actually like, oh, they're from there. I didn't know that. I, yeah. I wasn't sure if she was like Canadian as well or something like.
2: Yeah. So we, uh, I mean we. It's just I personally want land. Like probably why Jack went to Nashville It's like it's nice to have a backyard. Like, I don't have a backyard right now, but it's like it's nice to have greenery everywhere. Like Vancouver, ton of greenery. The negative of Vancouver is the housing prices are absolutely insane. But the way I've been able to square the circle is internet native businesses, right? It's like I work for the internet, which which helps uh, and I think would be the largest takeaway I have for this. So to answer the question directly, how do you choose where to live? Uh, Different with your age group. Totally different when you're married with a kid. You will want space. It's just like it's inevitable. You're going to want space. Uh, You start thinking about school. Uh, for the kid and like the neighborhood you want to be in. So all this like cliche stuff that you probably read about, but don't even have, spend a second on when you're younger. But um, dude, like I the old every single day the older I get, it's just like I'm uh, and I I thought I thought very cynically about it too actually. So we're up in the Pacific Northwest now. I literally just like a year ago looked at the map and I'm just like oh there's like very few places in the world that are protected from the insanity of what's going around around the world, right? Like, so Europe obviously is super close to North Africa and the Middle East, and that region is not super stable. And then you kind of have Russia, uh, uh, that situation that's going on. Obviously Europe's a big continent, but the whole point is that those places are still kind of on your doorstep, right? And then Canada has always been quite secluded. This is like a benefit. And if you want to use the word, like, uh, uh, uh what's that word? Is a it's not benefit, but like uh, uh, the idea that you kind of have these positives, right, uh, kind of built in is uh, Canada is there. It makes us a little bit oblivious, a lot of the citizens, but uh, I think I've been global enough to understand what's going on in the world. But like Vancouver, B.C., look at the map. I'm going to pull it up for the watchers here. It's like there's not much like, like the biggest danger for Vancouver, B.C. is the 9.5 Richter earthquake that hasn't happened yet uh and otherwise if you're looking at places where if the apocalypse is happening we have fresh water we have hydropower we have a lot of like uh, uh resources and forestry uh sounds so, like you've been
1: reading zero hedge Trump. yeah
2: but but this, but this is how i've been thinking about it right It's like if you're actually thinking about the world falling apart is like there are worse places to be uh than vancouver bc on the map here let me pull it up uh just uh, how i visually thought about it Uh, Yeah. So this is how I like, this is how I zero hedged it to Jack's point. Here we go. So if you actually look at the situation here. (laughs) So people always talk about United States being basically a large island, which is why uh, it always militarily, the United States is like impregnable. We have uh, Canada in the north, uh, a small border, uh, not a huge border with Mexico. Well, it's a big border, but, like, it's a manageable border despite what we're hearing. Like, they're not sending a massive army up from the south, right? They have in the past. That was in the 19th century, but uh, that was before America. we got going
0: to squeeze in a fun fact fan here for
1: yeah. you guys. Student uh, of history, man. These are the things yeah, that plague <laughs> people that well, uh, study history. Right? Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, actually, the, Mexico, uh, the Mexico-U.S. war of the 1840s, 1850s is actually super interesting. But uh, anyways, look at BC here. So I'm right here. Like what like what is the threat here
0: alaska like, could get a little brave yeah, man. Right? Alaska. <laughs>
2: you know what i mean alaska get a little bit brave so that actually kind of played into it it's like there's that the greenery is a big part i want the greenery it's very important to me i want a little bit more space uh and being able to work on the internet is a is a big benefit uh where you can actually choose to live in bc because the local job markets not great so my final lesson is this because of remote work, I understand that there's fluctuations between how flexible certain companies are how individuals are able to pull it off. Also, with the privilege of having different passports, I had the privilege of being born in Canada because my parents were Vietnamese refugees here. So I won that lottery, fully acknowledge that. Having said that, uh, Jack is another example, internet-first uh, entrepreneur native. If you can do that, start you, you, the, the optionality of where you can live opens quite a bit And I think Jack kind of actually talked about it uh, when he was explaining when they made the decision to leave New York. If you have that situation, start opening the lens up about where you can live because I think you'll find a lot of interesting places.
1: Yeah. Balaji's writing a book about it, isn't he? The Network State. Oh, yeah,
2: the Network State.
1: Coming soon. (laughs)
0: All right, I'll I'll quickly answer my one as well because mine is – uh, even though Vancouver is obviously a massive uh, city in its own way as well I'm obviously in New York Jack's lived here uh, and I'm still here it's obviously one of the most expensive places in the world to live and you can't I, you, know, you know how I think I'm definitely weighing up the pros and cons all the time like does it still make sense to be here I've been here for nine years now um, I'll, I will say for me personally I mean I also don't have kids yet um, so that might change maybe in the future um, how I think about this but even for now the plan is probably still to be here um, but yeah so for me I grew up in London massive city always loved the the kind of craziness, of craziness of cities but I lived in you know like suburbs so it wasn't like I'm like walk outside in the middle of Manhattan until many years later but that kind of like the craziness of a city and the diversity you get and the diversity of experiences and all that fun stuff is something I really rank really highly at the moment and again 10 years from now that might change Uh, So that's kind of one of the reasons I still live here. I will say moving to Brooklyn has been a massive change. It feels like a completely different life. Uh, So, you know, before I lived in the West Village and East Village in downtown Manhattan for seven years, like literally adult playground, right? Like you walk downstairs and everything you want is there. You don't need, I never took a train. I walked around everywhere, took a bike. Incredible lifestyle, very expensive, but just great for being single in the city, basically now it's very different now I like wanted more space so I live right next to a massive beautiful park five minutes away the other thing that I value really highly is like being able to just randomly meet up with friends or like people that I care about um in like a very I'm quite spontaneous with social stuff so a lot of my friends who listen to this will know like Friday 3pm they'll get a message <laughs> from me often to be like hey you want to pop over here and it's just the fun the excitement of the adventure of like oh what's going to happen and I, like oh as I've got older obviously I do that less but I still really value just being able to see people I care about in a very quick, easy way. Whereas like in LA, when we're there, you have to plan it out way ahead of time. You have to drive, get stuck in traffic. And so here, most people are very close. Um, You know, I can see people, I can get six people together in, you know, on an afternoon, probably quite easily. And so, yeah, in my current stage, I'm optimized for that sort of stuff. I will say I also did the kind of nomad stuff for a little while. If you guys have probably heard me talk about it before, It was in uh, Argentina for three months, Mexico City for a couple of months, Colombia, like a bunch of different places. And previously, I lived in Dublin, Ireland, in the countryside, in England. Uh, So I've done like quite a few different things. And so where I still land is I still optimize for being able to see people quite easily and uh, the craziness I just think that enriches my life a lot um, but yeah most of my time is mostly at home like just cooking at home doing boring stuff uh, chilling at home but oh, you just think you'll the, stay in New York? I think at the moment that's probably the plan I think the other big thing is and this might be boring for people but the, is the parents right like my parents don't live here and that's obviously a really big thing for me my girlfriend's parents live in California so right now we're kind of in between so it's the kind of best scenario at the moment and we both like being here so all those things i think over time as things change you know your circumstances change your parents situation change maybe that would maybe adjust i would probably live in london again for sure like i like it a lot but i think that is not um you know there's it's not just me i think about it's also my girlfriend and her family is a big part of that decision too so yeah that's kind of how i've netted out to where i'm now
2: two comments uh first comment is uh I love that 3 p.m. Friday Bilal came out. So let's uh, bar hop in Bilal. That's a new nickname. We got,
0: I'm going to have to take Trung <laughs> yeah. out soon. Me and Trung are yeah. going yeah. to get at it soon. We're
2: going to get at it soon. Bar hop in Bilal, 3 p.m. on a Friday. That's hilarious. You get it. Everybody's waiting for that text. Uh, Could
0: be a Tuesday, to be yes. fair. But that, that <laughs> right, I mean, I'm mean, i literally after this recording. So maybe uh, that too.
2: Well, I'll tell you what's funny about that is that I had that uh, exact. I mean, that was my mindset uh, basically through my entire 20s. I'm like, yeah. What's the closest proximity I can be to a squad where we can hit the streets immediately?
0: Yeah, the streets, yeah. yeah.
2: So that, well, that's a joke, right? Hit the street, yeah, always, yeah, yeah. this is how I used to do it. I was texting my like, yo, you hit the streets tonight? And uh, the answer was always yes. The other thing I'd add, and I, uh, I didn't include it in my answer was yes. The family part was, I mean, in the reality, probably the biggest factor. So I should put that first. Forget about like the zero heads. Yeah. Like, I know your dad yeah.
0: listened to this as yeah. well, so.
2: No, <laughs> so, I mean, that's the reality. Like, my immediate family is in the city, and uh, uh, I grew up here. A lot of friends here. The nostalgia really took over. It's like, and a lot of people I know that left Vancouver have all come back. Uh, I don't know if that's, obviously, that's not the same for every city, but I, I'd imagine there's a lot of stories like that of cities and communities uh, in every, like, you're, I'm sure where you guys are from, uh, some people left and all came back. Uh, maybe yeah not.
0: that's not no that's true um so are you guys all right for another 10 minutes or so yeah yeah let's do all on. right let's just keep yeah because we've got some good questions here we'll, we'll bang these out uh great question by the way whoever asked that uh these are a couple quick ones is eve the new luna jd said is ethereum the next luna what are the two differences between chains to keep us alive. I don't I know if we, we need to we opine enough, on that um, one. Yeah, I
2: think we covered enough Too Ether, much BTC last week.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I think that, yeah. So let's maybe skip that one. Um, a couple of funny ones, 69K. Are we still standing till Bitcoin 69K? Yes. Um, trunk is definitely he'll My, be standing for a few years. Might be maybe.
2: standing for a while. <laughs>
0: Actually, my favorite response was a guy called Chris responded more like $69. So I think that's maybe going to get there quicker. Um, another quick one here is how did we, Vladimir asked, how did you three meet? I think we've talked about this on the pod before. Um, all internet, all internet. All the internet, uh, with, uh, yeah.
2: I Twitter, met, uh, I met yeah. Palau from uh, the Trends, uh, uh, the, the trends uh, Entrepreneur Group, which is part of The Hustle. And then uh, I met uh on uh, Jack and uh, I met Jack from Twitter. I think Bilal and Jack met on
0: Twitter. yeah, I think we met on Twitter and we did a few couple of podcasts together, and that's how we got to know each other and then us, I kind of we all knew we kind of all three knew each other through the internet, and I'd noticed that we all had similar humor and sending stuff to each other, and we ended up floating the idea of trying this out as an episode of Creator Lab, and then eventually we decided let's just do it ourselves as his own podcast so that's kind of how we met and
2: by the time this episode comes out uh, Bilal and I will have met in person for the first time
0: which yeah is which so is crazy I had yeah, yet I to meet
2: Jack uh, Bilal and Jack have met
0: so I know uh, we'll, we'll definitely get one at some point all three of us and hopefully get to meet people as well um all right so we did that one this one's a bit more of a serious one I feel like we kind of touched on it a little bit but maybe we tried to give a short answer to this this is from Kay. Uh, no full name here, very cryptic. Are you an optimist or a pessimist about politics and financial events in the world in the longer term, five to ten years in brackets? What's your reasoning? Do you guys have a short-ish answer to that?
2: My, uh, my shortest answer is if you read history, as we talked about being a fun fact fan, uh, and there's always this, uh, especially in the age of the internet, there's always this feeling that we're in the worst situation ever. And it's just not even—it's not even remotely close to true. So my perspective is: I think, uh, if you look at, at a long time horizon, humanity is getting better. It doesn't mean—and the conditions in terms of medicine, uh, the, the 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 level of living, minimum level of living—it's uh, improving. It can be much better, but it is a lot better than it was 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 300 years, 400 years ago. Um, trust me you would not want to be the richest person in the world in 1915 right like that's just yeah the reality. and uh so my my large uh my last final answer on that and it's just more of a life philosophy is i believe that humanity will improve uh collectively it doesn't mean that there isn't awful things happening but i think we can't have the myopia thinking this is the worst time period
0: because it's time yeah that's fair Jack what about you mate I know you've probably had a few zero hedge days but you always seem to be an optimist to me and you you call yourself a recovering pessimist I think so I did uh, I
1: used to yeah used to be my uh, Twitter bio originally yeah uh yeah I'm bullish on humanity boys I uh I also (laughs) think the other uh the other crazy factor is like just getting exposed to outliers constantly like by function of you asking that in telegram and knowing who we are, you're on Twitter. I would imagine more than the average person, which is, you know, just surfacing the outlier events constantly over and over and over again. And, uh, just put your phone down, touch some grass, man. And there's lots to be, uh, enjoyed out all there. All types in the world. of grass. Yeah. All <laughs> yeah. Like it's, the one, it...
2: five minutes from Bilal's house. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, but it's a valid question. Like it definitely, um, there's definitely a huge, like feeling, I think collectively people, um, you know, right now the market is pretty indicative of humanity's near term outlook. And there's obviously things happening in the world that have, uh, driven things in that direction. But, um, yeah, man, just, uh, there's another, there's another, um, oh, we didn't, it was a Galloway thing. There's a, a I read Principles, you know, Ray Dalio's book a long time ago. Um, I might butcher the quote, but it's like, you are like incredibly significant and incredibly insignificant at the same time. I think that idea of, um, you know, if you want to make a positive contribution to the world, you have to lean into both of those statements in in some respects. So uh, we're here and we're going to try and uh, do our best while we are that's my answer. Yeah. That's well, actually, beautiful. let me, let me know, go add on, one. Go on, Trunk. We'll go go on, ahead, you. I was just going to finish with one thing. Like one thing I listened to recently that um, I think uh, I would recommend if you're in that current state is, I think it's Naval. Um, I forget the name of the guy he's interviewing, but it's basically about knowledge is the unlock, right? Like as humans, the thing that we are unable to see is like, the things that knowledge unlocks in the future. Like everything around us is a product of like a discovery that happens and then is popularized. So to look back at that and to look forward with the assumption that we're going to just stop learning things and stop accruing knowledge and st- is kind of a crazy uh, thing to hang your prediction on the future of humanity on. So I'll actually dig that up and get it. Um, and there's another article about Resource depletion, or like, are we running out of resources? And the same theory is applied there, where it's like, no, well, it depends how you like. Knowledge is the only resource, is how you convert that knowledge to, um, and start applying it to improve the human condition. So, uh, yeah, we haven't stopped discovering things. And hopefully, you know, we should probably make this a part of the podcast more often. Like, I see way more people moving in the direction of trying to encourage the pursuit of knowledge now than I ever have in my life. I think, uh, there's a real appetite for it. So hopefully good things to come and yeah. just the, you know, the disruption of institutions that aren't, um, making those changes as fast as they could be.
0: Yeah. Trang, you, you were going to say something when Jack, Yeah, I was just so, going to say,
2: uh, I'm taking a bit more into the weeds. Uh, totally agree with Jack, uh, on, uh, underestimating what is possible just based on our inability to uh to extrapolate from the present but uh a, a more a more tactical look it's just a more recommendation is any of the listeners here uh we mentioned in, in the past maybe we haven't peter zahan i, I listen while he's a he's a geo, geo uh strategist uh he wrote about uh ukraine uh, being invaded by russia seven years ago he basically predicted it to uh the year that it happened and uh He's very popular in the geopolitical space. Uh, I'd recommend uh, literally just going to your favorite podcast player, type in Peter Zeihan, because he's going right now on a book tour for his new book. And he is, there's going to be a lot of political instability in the world because the U.S. is taking less of a global role. And he talks to what the implications of that mean. And it means a lot of volatility. Um, so not yeah. to say that it's peaches and cream, but I would lay that out there. And we can, I mean, I'd be happy to, try to get him on the podcast too but or at a minute that would be amazing Um, yeah definitely but uh uh, my takeaway is like a a more tactical answer to the question directly is i i would listen to a lot of his podcast tour now he really kind of explains why the next 10 years could actually be a little bit more volatile even if we take away everything that jack and i said where we only see the worst and most extreme things there actually is a legitimate underpinning
0: and so, so to, that was great. And just to share my one really quickly as well is the question itself was saying, are you an optimist or pessimist about politics and financial events in, long, in the next five, 10 years? Personally, I'm generally not being a very political person for most of my life. Like I do follow it, obviously, um, because it's important. Um, but I've always been quite, you know, divorced from letting it like take over me too much obviously when Trump got elected and Biden election it was obviously it impacts everyone because you're hearing about it every day Uh, but if I'm honest and some people will be annoyed at me saying this that my personally my day-to-day life hasn't changed much in the last eight ten years with both presidents of course i know there's lots of people that are impacted by both of their policies in positive and negative ways so i'm not saying politics doesn't change anything i'm saying personally for me as n of one i haven't literally if you asked me to guess without knowing the experiences i wouldn't know the difference except for the craziness of you know like reading the crazy stuff that trump's saying and all that sort of stuff Well,
2: i'll tell you that though like you bring up a good point the effect, quote unquote, that a lot of people have from, for example, the Trump administration—I mean, take these northeastern elites—the effect is all brought on to themselves for cause. Like, they whip themselves up into this like ridiculous frenzy. hysteria and frenzy. But like, if you're a Harvard professor making 300k a year, yeah. Trump did yeah. not affect your life, dude. Like, get out of here. Yeah. Like, yeah. no, right? It's like I people. Was, that- I-
0: The only thing I'll say is, and the only reason I'm caveating is quite hard is because I know there's the truth, is I don't know 95% of all the policy stuff anyway, because I don't follow it that closely. Even when we're talking about, you know. The, the recent stuff we don't want to go down that um, rabbit hole but like the stuff that's impacting people's reproductive life abortion like no, all that stuff of course stuff, right? Of course, that stuff yeah. is going to impact if you directly want to have an abortion you can't do that of course that impacts you and that is politics but I'm saying for me personally that, that isn't something I've had to think about as much um, so it's again to cl- clarify I think politics obviously impacts my life I'm just saying it's a huge privilege for us to live in a place i think that's a larger point right yeah
2: we yeah. have we are absolutely in positions where and i, I mentioned it earlier like I, my i won personally the geographic lottery by being born in canada
0: like yeah exactly all of us right? have our own version of that yeah, yeah
2: exactly so but what i would say is this is the the uh the, i would just uh uh pin your point with this is yes politics Affects our lives, there's no question about it. And yes, politicians do awful things on both sides of the aisle in Canada or in, uh, in America, as we've t- spoken about. But I think the other part that is very really important to recognize is the entire political industrial complex and the media complex that is married and tied to it. Rashville segment. No, they just want you outraged all the time, uh, constantly yeah. outraged, right? completely it's just an unhealthy situation to be in and i'll bring it back to our initial point in this entire chat what can you control what can you get good at what can you build what skills can you do because at the end of the day you can control that a lot more than a supreme court decision right you can control your ability to take care of your family to bring value to the world so just focus on that that's what i would say to belal's political point is like even that's
0: kind of what i was going to say as well yeah it's like
2: i mean you're not being ignorant you're just like I want to control what I control. It's I'm like there's a spend- certain
0: amount of time like in, like, in exactly. a day and energy and mental space I have. and I You have to can be very-
2: dedicate it to being outraged all the
0: time. Exactly. So that's kind of how, and that's kind of what I was going to say is that like all that stuff, of course, is important. And even the financial side, I'd say I'd probably over-indexed on in the last year or two more than I probably should have. Um, but bringing it back and like, you know, the same way we try to eat healthy food, it's the same thing with your... The content you take in every day if you're constantly reading about the worst thing in the world it's it's going to impact your mood it's going to impact what you focus on and the actions you take unfortunately and so there you can't get away from the fact that that is the world we live in and of course you shouldn't be ignorant to like all the terrible things happening but also like you said like what can you actually control yourself is that's what i try to focus on as well so that the long uh, the short answer is to the to my long ish answer is that I'm overall an optimist about general humanity, but but yeah, in the short, like I'd say in the next five years, do I think we're going to be in a recession and have really bad turmoil? Of course, because we've had 12 years of crazy good times, and we, there's, it's a natural flushing of the system that you have booms and busts. So, that yeah, I, I'm not exactly optimistic about that side, but I'm optimistic about me and other people having the most control they've ever had if you are lucky enough to live in a place like this or have uh, access to the internet all the things that we have talked about on this show. And and if you don't, there's still plenty of things you do have in your control and that's all you can really focus on do you know what I mean so um, yeah that is the answer to that one just to wrap it up boys I think unless you had anything else before we wrap up that yeah, question do we
2: have, do, do have any last questions that are less
0: uh, less heavy uh, yeah I was gonna say let's finish off on a nice one um, the all-in ones, probably uh, someone said give us your thoughts on let's the all-in do the, actually
2: let's do the all-in one that's a fun. yeah one.
0: okay so the question was from Antonio give us your thoughts on our, on the all-in podcast I don't care for it they came off as know it all's with horrible takes, any takers here
2: I like it, you know we we always joke though that, uh that's uh that's the podcast we kind of look up to, but I mean that that's not actually what we how we think about it, but I think it's a great podcast i think uh yeah, they are all super accomplished in their fields, and uh you you do not leave there without learning something uh uh and i, I get the instinct that you may not like the individual personalities. I personally like the four of them, I like the interactions um and my takeaway is i do listen to that podcast whenever it comes out I look yeah. forward to it and uh i think jason who is uh the the, the you know the captain of that he's the one to kind of put it together and- yeah
0: he's the host yeah
2: i will say he's done an incredible job with that and the growth of it is undeniable like to
0: hit the- yeah i mean it's yeah. the top it's the top tech podcast for sure yeah, one of the top business committed.
2: ones I, if you don't if you don't like the personalities and the banter you know I don't know what to tell you but you learn something every time you listen to
0: it i can see though why and i agree because i listen to it and i like it but there is a there's this like silicon valley style of discussion that happens that has been happening for some time that i feel like a lot of people if you if you're used to it you kind of accept it but when you come from outside of that, like I've played it with my girlfriend a few times and she like she's tried to listen, it just doesn't like hit for as much because she just, she, and also it's four guys, right? Like she's a girl, so and sometimes it's harder.
2: really loaded. Like they're really ready Yeah,
0: yeah. And like, for example, when Chamath is talking about like, it's kind of a joke we he's talking about his, $5,000 sweater or the crazy wine. Like, I don't mind because kind of funny to me, but I can see why if you don't know his, the joke, if you don't get the joke or you're yeah. not like, you don't know them enough, it would come across as a little annoying. Uh, but yeah, overall, obviously a great podcast. It's probably one of the inspirations for us starting this for sure. Uh, Jack, what about you, mate? I listened to it w- when it first
1: started for religiously. I thought it was good. I just, I just tailed off. Listen, I, my podcast consumption is pretty much. Yeah. Zero. The only podcast I'm doing is recording this one right now. Love it. But, uh, Love it. But it's, I mean, it's pretty, it's like a bigger commentary on it is just like the ability for people that have, um, you know, for you to get the perspective of people that have done things that you probably haven't done. Just podcasting as a medium in general is kind of wild. And, it's uh, amazing
0: to have the access to just hearing that I mean, conversation, totally which would right. normally be in a poker table in Chamaf's house, like or whatever. And that, that to me is kind of like, obviously, I love podcasts as much as anyone. But uh, to your point, Jack, I will say I also do listen to it less than I used to uh, as well. Um, but I, overall, I still listen to it once in a while. All right, should we uh, th- there 's a couple to ra- let 's wrap it up on a light note this last uh, couple here uh, Benji said, what do you think of the pedestrianization of norwich city center? I just wanted to mention that because this dude is hilarious uh, what chief is that? Us-
2: what is, what is city Norwich
0: Norwich is a, a random place in the u k and he 's okay. asking a ridiculous he's question he 's
2: trolling us That's he's
0: trolling, class. I love that that question. was good. It was a good question though, so I had to mention <laughs> it <laughs> his, his name's also benji, so i don 't know uh there's more trolling going on. But anyway, Chief also asked, How do I use permissionless apprentice to land a job at McDonald's? Please respond. Also brilliant. And uh, the last question I will say, Trung, we we've asked you a few times on this, but Ray asked, could you do a deep dive on Trung's writing? Oh, that's gonna be
2: its own episode,
0: yeah. Is that his own episode? All right, let's uh, I think that's gonna be a tough one to squeeze in at the end um all right but i think this was i really enjoyed this this was really really fun yeah so, we, got these,
2: um, we, we said it recently. we might
0: have to do this like once a month or something because well, the is,
2: uh the one we did last time the building versus bedding i mean that organically that was, organically, that was uh, i mean that was great so yeah that we came do out this more. really yeah
0: it came out really well yeah i think the flow of it is really cool uh yeah and uh, as you guys can see we're trying out a few different formats um this one people have asked us for so i think we know people wanted it but let us know what you think of this, because we, we always like your feedback. I read every single, co- we both, we all read your comments and uh, everything in the Telegram chat as well. We always sharing it with each other as well. So thanks again for all the support and love. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Make sure you like and subscribe the video. That really just helps and write a comment, tell us something that you liked oh, about yeah. it, or troll us, do something, you say something funny if you want, tell us to a terrible, whatever you want to say, um, that always helps. And we will see you on the next one. Cheers.